0: Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Grain Feed brought to you by Everag. This is your weekly news feed for all things grain and all things feed. Each week, we bring you updates on the markets with unique perspectives from an amazing team of analysts with the intention of helping dairy and livestock producers manage their risk. I'm your host, Jim Matthews, reporting from the Chicago office. Joining me today, as always, from Texas, Director of Feed Procurement, Mr. Jake Kingsley, and returning to the grain feed from the great state of Iowa, Grain Marketing Advisor and Broker, Miss Kristen Steen. Team, how are we today? Doing great. Pretty good, Jim. That's great. Kristen, how's our favorite four-letter I-state?
1: You know, we're we're a little steamy right now. We're sweating when we go outside. Thankful for air conditioning, but uh, looking forward to a week out when we start to cool down.
0: Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah the I states are, it is toasty. It is humid. It's I'm, all I'm the kind above. kind of mad at for bringing
1: it up our way. He can keep it down
0: there. Yeah, keep that stuff in Texas. All, all these high-pressure ridges that were kind of sitting over the panhandle and the plains. I'm okay with them staying there.
2: They've been here long enough. They've been here long enough. They, they zapped the humidity out of the air. So we have a nice dry heat
0: finally.
1: <laughs> so happy for you. Plus,
0: Jake's shirt appears to be a like sweat
1: absorbing
0: humidity battling shirt. Right, Jake? Yep. That's exactly right. Jake, Why are we wearing this shirt today? Besides the fact that it looks fantastic.
2: Well, we got a big concert coming up. It's Taylor Swift weekend. So,
0: Taylor Swift weekend. Okay. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And this is in the Dallas Fort Worth area?
2: It is not. We missed that one. So, we've got to do a little traveling. Going out. <laughs> oh, wow, to- good for you.
0: So, where are you going to see Taylor Swift? We're going to see her in Santa Clara Saturday night. Beautiful. Santa Clara, California. Excellent. Much
2: and better. And you're going to be weather. out
0: tomorrow, right? You're going to be on the road tomorrow. You won't be online here watching markets.
2: That's right. I will be out around California. Checking out wine country. Maybe we'll run into a few California Dairymen while we're out there. That's the spirit, Jake. Always
0: be hustling, buddy. That is the spirit. Uh, Well, we've got a lot to run through today. So, Paige, if you would kindly timestamp the broadcast, it's Thursday morning of another wild week in Chicago. And for all you Swifties out there, it's been a cruel summer for anyone trying to time out the corn market. Certainly not a love story for the Bears just yet. But as market veterans know all too well, the market has plenty of time to look back to December futures for another move to $5. It's a delicate situation with volatility this high. And for anyone trying to step in and chase this market on weather rallies, Jake would say that you need to calm down and try to limit the bullish imagination of your wildest dreams. When it comes to the protein market, we've had a lot of bad blood with our stubborn little byproduct soybean meal maintaining its strength since our bullish USDA acreage report. And when Jake eyes this meal market, he thinks, I knew you were trouble. And one has to wonder, when viewing the strength of protein, if we will be able to shake it off. Helping us determine the grain market direction for the second half of the summer, we turn to Iowa resident Kristen Steen. Kristen! What's your take on the grain markets this morning?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're pretty boring here today, so I guess we'll take that from a, a bullish sentiment and say maybe things are settling down or shaking off to your uh, your little illusion there. But <laughs> really, when we look at when we look at it overall, let's start on corn market, right? I read some commentary today that I think hit the nail on the head that just said fundamentally, five fifty corn really is is out of reason because of what we look at for ending stocks and that was not commentary that i wrote myself but i tend to agree with it in a pretty big uh perspective i think the thing that's really got us back into this 550 to 570 corn market is just everything that's gone on with russia and ukraine as on top of the hot weather forecast that we that we're currently experiencing right now so i mean as far as the corn picture goes here in iowa when we look out the backyard all things considered, with how dry it was in May and June and the, the heat that we're seeing at the end of this month, things do look pretty good, right? There, You're starting to see the stress come out in the heat that we have. <clears throat> but bear in mind, if this heat was coming at the beginning of July rather than the end of July, that corn market would look a lot different than what it does now. So some of the commentary that I'm hearing from guys from a way of concern as far as yield goes is if this heat extends five to 10 days longer than what they're expecting it to be, then they start to think that you're going to see that aborting of the kernels and the lack of fill and whatnot. The other other concerning commentary that I heard was just some of that later planted corn beings that some of the delayed stuff that we had, they're worried about pollination period, but by and large, it seems as if a lot of guys still think that there's the chance for that average, that APH crop, um, the chant, the hope for a bumper crop is kind of out the window, but in all fairness, we always start to think that this time of the year as well. So we'll see how it progresses that way.
0: Okay, good deal. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. So you you referenced Russia and Ukraine there for a second as well because that has added you know volatility to this market, and you know market pundits can argue over this is going to be immediate effect. Like that is why corn has rallied or not certainly probably factors into the wheat rally that we've seen, which then supports corn, but it's certainly something to keep on the back burners. We've been saying this for a long time now, keep Ukraine and that situation on the back burners because as the Russians were damaging Ukrainian export infrastructure over the weekend, we saw that big rally on Monday morning. Um, so definitely still an impact and then weather. Yeah, that's the big one, right? And we referenced jokingly about the, the high pressure ridge, Uh, kind of in Jake's territory, but the big concerns were for a bit and still could be if that shifts over our respective states up here in the Midwest, because that could really start to roast uh, things into August here. But yeah, Kristen, that kind of that sentiment of things actually look pretty good, right? I mean, end of second half of May was super dry, most of June super dry, but we've got some rains and things look not bad. Um, If I may ask, would you say the same for the potential soybean crop on your side of the big river?
1: I love it when guys ask me what we're we're thinking for soybean yields, because that's always the crapshoot of the the deal, right? (laughs) So the interesting thing about beans is, one, you never know what's going to happen as far as yield goes. They surprise the heck out of you from when you think there's not going to be a crop, and then all of a sudden there is. The last two years of having dry August were the epitome of that story, the the concerning factors right now from a yield perspective is when those beans got planted, they really didn't get rained on for a long time. And so it took a really long time for those rows to close in and canopy that way. And, and from there, they're also short beans, Does that determine yield? I don't know. When you factor in weather forecasts, again, I'm not a meteorologist, but at the same time, what I hear is that the chances for that El Nino weather pattern to start to come in in the month of August continue to get better and better. So there could be hope that we see those yield saving rains come August. But again, it goes back to, well, what type of potential do we have going forward?
0: Yeah. And the, I mean, just general rule and i'm not an agronomist or meteorologist right but july weather kind of makes or breaks the corn crop generally speaking across the midwest and august is somewhat a make or break for beans so it'll be really interesting to see how beans do over the next four or five weeks and then of course that is impacting the pricing of protein and we'll turn to jake there because we look at the soybean balance sheet we saw what the usda did to us at the end of June removing that bean acreage we've really strengthened soybeans since then november went from about 1250 to 14 bucks we're continuing to trade at or above 14 bucks a bushel and that's really helped keep soybean meal afloat above 400 bucks a ton and we were asking folks to stay patient but as long as soybeans remain elevated it just it's tough for meal to find that pullback we're really hoping for longer term. So any updates from your side, Jake, on the feed markets? I I think
2: the big thing on the feed markets here, Jim, is to to really start to consider some some basis moves. We've been talking about it in protein, canola and soybean meal here for a little while. You know, across most of the country, basis values there are within arm's reach of what I would call the historically average range for those commodities. At one point, I think we touched the, the top end of those ranges, and we're still just 5 or $10 off of them. We've seen beans run impressively higher over the last few weeks here. The U.S. balance sheet is thin. We're really relying on a healthy Canadian canola crop and a questionable, at this point, U.S. bean yield uh, to just maintain the numbers that we're at now, I think and so stepping in doing a little bit of of purchasing of basis contracts at least for the first half of the feed year you know october through march get something started it just feels like the upside potential is is a fair bit greater than the downside potential in that piece of the market there you can still have some flexibility manage the futures try to catch a better overall price but we're we're in a very fair spot as far as basis values go there. And corn in a lot of places, we're starting to feel the same tone. You guys had mentioned the uh, high pressure ridges over the plains. That's the places last year that really got burned up and drove values higher, particularly in the Western half of the US. So we just said, you know, July makes or breaks the corn crop. And that's exactly when we had this high pressure system sit over the plains. So did that kind of curb those yields a little bit, it's hard to say. At the end of the day, we're really only about $10 a ton above what I would call the historically average sweet spot for corn basis in most of the Western US. And the Midwest is a lot better than last year. They're within, call it 15 cents, 20 cents in the worst case scenario, in a lot of the I states and east of there. Uh, So very fair place to step in with so much uncertainty. Now I'm not saying you gotta go buy the entire crop, But, you know, get half of the first half of the year, so a quarter on the books or maybe even as much as half of the year on the books or something. Give yourself some flexibility. If South America does string something nice together next spring, February, March timeframe, but take advantage of some of these prices, especially with milk values down where they're at you don't want to end up stuck with low milk prices and let this feed market turn around and run away from us after um, the nice
0: opportunities we've seen here for the first time in a couple of years. Good deal. Thank you for that, Jake. And you referenced the South American weather, and that kind of circles back to when Kristen commented on uh, the El Nino patterns, uh, potentially benefiting uh, the U.S. Midwest, uh, depending on the extremes of it. But It also benefits South American weather to an extent because the Argentines have been under drought for the last, you know, two plus years. Uh, We've really seen a lot of their production come down. And that has also helped just naturally elevate the global soybean and protein markets. Uh, So if they can shift to more, let's say, appealing temperatures and forecasts for their productive period, uh, maybe they'll be able to replenish that bean crop. So like you said, Jake, maybe just keep that protein procurement kind of front loaded, maybe for better opportunities uh, out into the marketing year. Um, We need to hit some Swifty trivia here in a second. I also just wanted to ask, Kristen and Jake, both your gut feelings here on corn pricing. We still have a shot at sub five bucks here the rest of the summer on these futures?
2: I think we do. Yeah. So you catch a little break in the weather or see this wheat market kind of stabilize a little bit and you'll probably get a chance to
0: run back towards five. Gotcha. And because, Kristen, you started off with saying about that specific level 5.15, I know that's very psychological, right? To be kind of sitting around here. Um, It does feel like we might have a bit more upside volatility just because we are still in a weather market. Um, But I think these sentiments are shared by this crew. Um, that ultimately we still got some room uh, back to the downside here on this market. So thank you for that. Folks, we got to do quick Swifty trivia. And I have to admit, I did not know the answers to most of these. I think I knew one or two. And also, just to preface, I could also be wrong. I could have gotten bad information. Always good for that disclaimer. Um, But we're just going to kind of run through a few of these here. Um, If you know the answers, shout them out. Okay, we're going to start simple. Taylor Swift. When's your birthday? December 13th. (laughs)
1: Well done,
2: Jake. (laughs) Two days after my mother-in-law's birthday. Oh, right. Okay.
1: Jake, do you know the time of day she was born?
2: (laughs) I don't have that information. Not
0: yet. (laughs) Not not yet. Maybe on Monday we will. Uh,
1: In what year
0: was Taylor Swift born? 1989. That's fantastic, dude. 1989. 1989. That was also uh, the name of one of her albums, I believe her fifth studio album, if the internet is correct. What year was that album released? Oh, geez. It was the best selling album of that year, according to Google. 2015? <sighs> 2014. Oh.
1: For a second here, I thought you pre him with all these questions. <laughs> but, I mean... I'm just starting I'm, to believe that he truly does love Taylor Swift. That's good. You
0: know like in, in fairness, Kristen and I are, are more Kesha people. That's okay. It doesn't make me bad people. Um, but it's, it is a Swifty Focus episode here at the moment. So uh, what state did Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift grow up in? Oh, do you know this, Kristen?
1: I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> Pennsylvania. What was it? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That is correct. Uh, I'm going to use Taylor on a, on a first-name basis. I feel like we're all very comfortable with her now. What kind of farm did Taylor grow up on in Pennsylvania? A Christmas tree farm. <laughs> the best Christmas song ever. Yeah, that's a, well, well done, Jake. You're on fire. Now, in 2010, Taylor performed at the Grammy Awards with another female vocalist. Do you know who that vocalist was, Jake? Ooh. No, I don't. I thought it might be a little trickier. I tried to find a trickier one. So that's Stevie Nicks. She performed with Stevie Nicks at the 2010 uh-huh. Grammys. So, you know, there's some there's some uh, holes in Jake's armor there. That's okay. Um, one of Taylor's initial singles was named after a country music star. What well, was the name of the single and music star?
2: Oh, this seems to be the era that Kristen remembers. You got this one. Yes, this
0: is this is high school
1: Taylor. Uh, yeah. I know there's a song like this and I remember hearing it but I am I need more coffee I think.
0: Yeah. Cuz I don't that's remember. What's happening right here. That would be that'd be Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. There you
1: go. Oh yeah, I remember that whiny voice. Yeah. Well, that's that's, me, that's, more t- that's-
2: <laughs> Man, we're about to get canceled by our clients. <laughs> And Taylor Swift. This video I just ended the series.
1: I mean, I'm probably gonna lose all my clients for not knowing that's what, what I'm these saying. Are, very so. successful
0: whiny voice. She's done very well with it. Um all right, what is, what's, Taylor's, what's Taylor's lucky number? It's 13. Yeah, I, I suppose that should be an easy one. Um and then lastly, what is the what is Taylor's longest song title? What song has the Longest title in terms
1: of number of words.
0: And not including, and this was one of the disclaimers I saw, not including the parentheses Taylor's <laughs> version. That Apparently that's a thing also. Longest hey, song he's title. Cheating. You see
1: this? He's cheating. <laughs> he's phoning a
0: friend, Cassandra. <laughs> I phoned a
2: friend and she's telling me all too well. No, it is. I don't think it is.
0: Is it? We are never, ever getting uh, together. Yeah which might be us and our whole client base after this episode. <laughs>
1: yep. guys. Those, that voice is going to be in my head for the rest of the day. So thank you.
0: Well, this has been very fun and also insightful to the markets. So hopefully all of our viewers and listeners got a lot out of this episode. So team, excellent work today. A big thanks to Kristen for returning to the show. It is always great to have you and your insights from the other side of the big river so thank you for being here we'd also like to thank Corey and the everag insights crew for their support thank you to Paige for her production magic and thank you to the viewers for watching the grain feed just a friendly reminder jake kingsley is out of the office tomorrow leaving us for that long weekend of swifty stardom makes one think about karma and the chance that jake maybe we are never ever getting back together so jake just remember Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. You say sorry just for show. If you live like that, you live with ghosts. That's all for today. We will see you next time on The Grain Feed. At Ever Ag, we partner with every corner of the agriculture industry, from dairy to livestock, crops, and agribusiness, to deliver intelligent supply chain and risk management solutions. We are EverAg. Everything Agriculture. Learn more at www.ever.ag/everything.